Today in the first reading we hear from the prophet Jeremiah. He was preaching 600 years before the birth of Jesus. And like so many other prophets and patriarchs before and after him, he didn't want the job and he thought God should ask somebody else. And he was in good company. We recall that when God spoke to Moses at the burning bush and said, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go, Moses didn't think Pharaoh or the Hebrews would listen to him. Then, of course, there's Jonah when he was told to go to Nineveh and preach repentance. He wanted those people to be punished by God and killed. And so he preferred to jump into the sea, trying to commit suicide rather than do God's will. In the case of Jeremiah, it's a little more mild. The beginning of his book, when God presses him into service, he said, ask somebody else. I speak like a child. No one will be persuaded by my words. But God doesn't let Moses, Jonah, or Jeremiah off the hook just because they're not interested or they find themselves unwilling, unable, incapable, unfit, unworthy. Instead, what he said to Jeremiah is, before I knit you together in your mother's womb, I knew you, and this was my purpose for you. And he said, don't worry about what you are to say. It will be me speaking through you. I will put the words in your mouth. And so Jeremiah, reluctantly but out of obedience, went and did as God commanded. Now, the Israelites at this point had just returned from being in exile in Nineveh, the same place where Jonah was sent to call them to repentance. It's their enemy. They'd been there after a war. They were slaves there for more than 70 years. And it was their faithlessness to God's covenant that brought that wrath upon them. Now that they've come back, the idea is they're not just coming back to their land, they're supposed to come back to God and stop worshiping false and pagan idols. But as soon as they get home, they fall back into their old ways, and so they start offering incense and sacrifice to the same pagan gods that got them into trouble in the first place. And that's where God tells Jeremiah, tell them to stop it, or what happened before is going to happen again. History is going to repeat itself. This time, it would be armies marching from Iraq. Then it was called Babylon under the banners of King Nebuchadnezzar. But the people didn't want to admit that they were at fault. They didn't accept any responsibility for their sins. And when they hate the message, they try to shoot the messenger. And Jeremiah was treated with great cruelty. He was beaten, had stones thrown at him. They threw him down a well. There were plots to assassinate him. And finally, he'd had enough. Just before the passage in the first reading today, Jeremiah quit. In verse 7 of chapter 20, he says, and we can hear it here, you duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. And he wasn't going to be God's fool any longer. He was tired of everybody laughing at him and mocking him, trying to kill him. And so in verse 9 of chapter 20, Jeremiah said, I will speak your name no more. I'm not doing this. Except for this. Because God kept putting the words in his mouth, it was like a clogged drain that was building with pressure. In verse 9, he said, it's like a fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. He couldn't not preach God's word if God kept giving him the word to preach. And so even though he admits in the reading today there's terror on every side, all kinds of plots against him, he also believes in the end the Lord will protect him. He calls God a mighty champion. And he says that he will sing God's praise, he will be silent no more, he will continue to do God's will because it's his word, it's his work, and if that's the case, God himself will see it through to completion. In so many ways, Jeremiah was like Jesus. 
Jesus came to call people to repentance, to reconcile them and to make them reconcilers, but those same stiff-necked, hardened-of-heart Hebrews were still more intent on worshiping false gods than the Son of God who was right there in their presence in the flesh. Jeremiah was cruelly treated. Jesus certainly was. And as we recall last week when Jesus chose the twelve and sent them out two by two, he let them know that persecution was waiting for them as well. He said, you'll be hated by all because of my name. And that's where this reading picks up today. Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. In these few verses, Jesus tells them three times, do not be afraid. Yes, they'll mock you. Yes, they might ridicule you, persecute you, even put you to death. But do not be afraid because God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. And God has something greater in store for all of you. He reminds them they are worth more than many sparrows. And if God can keep his eye on all the birds in the sky, so much more will he be able to keep track of all of us, numbering all of our days and all the hairs on our head. That should be a source of comfort for us. All too often we think that God has forsaken us, that God has forgotten us, that if he exists, is he listening to my prayers? Why doesn't he answer me? Why is there so much suffering in the world? Why is there so much suffering in my life? That doesn't mean that God doesn't answer our prayers or hear them just means his, the answer isn't always what we want Jesus he prayed intently he had more faith than all of us put together and yet in order to fulfill God's plan for him he had to suffer greatly and as he defines discipleship he said whoever wishes to follow me must deny himself take up his cross and follow me and when we do so he tells us how do not be afraid he said it three times in this gospel here today but if we added up all the references between the Old and New Testament, where the Word of God tells us to live lives of faith, not fear, we find it 365 times. One for every day of the year, for every day of our lives. God's Word continually reminding us, do not be afraid. We, like Jeremiah and those apostles, may feel not up to the task, unfit, incapable, unworthy, unwilling. And yet, as for them, so for us. If it's God's word, if it's God's work, if it's God's will, then he will bring us through. He will put the words in our mouth. He will give us the courage that we lack, for he is indeed a mighty champion.